All right, gang. It's that time again this week for the Rich Port Yanks podcast, season four, episode number 19. Uh, only two editions left of the show this baseball season for 2023. The Yankees' fate's kind of been sealed already, but that's not going to stop us from giving you an entertaining and exciting show this week. Uh, very limited news in Yankee universe because of the um, dwindling hopes the Yankees have with 11 games left to make the playoffs. So uh, me, it gives me and Don a chance to kick around some other stuff. 11 games left to go in 2023. The Yanks are 76 and 75. Can they hit 500? We'll talk about it in today's show. Uh, potential free agent talk. Uh, some good trivia as Dylan looks to continue his dominance in trivia to finish out the season. Some other baseball news down in Florida. All that and more on this week's edition of the Rich Corn Yanks podcast coming at you right now. gets the starting call today. We're told he matured a lot over the winter. Apparently he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcast school has really paid off. All right, gang, thanks for sticking with us. We're back. Um, Dylan, let's jump into this. Me and Dylan were just talking about something quick off break where they just announced that uh, Max streaming service is going to start uh, offering your uh, sports tier, a live sports for $9.99 a month. There is a streaming war going on right now. It seems that there's there's mass chaos. Cable is dead. We've, we've established that. Cable is on its way out. Um, has been for a few years now, but really is out. And now it seems that the, the the playing field is leveled as far as streaming, where people are now trying to figure out 
how to get the channels they want and how to stream what they want specifically. And there's been a battle going on of streamers pulling services and pulling programming and who's going to stream what. Obviously, YouTube TV just got the NFL package for I think is mm-hmm. I think it's two billion a year or something like that. Something crazy like it's that. Crazy. Yeah. So um, I, I I've been streaming for a while now. I haven't used cable in a really long time. And Odell streams up there. It's uh, it was obviously the way of the future. Um, I'm not any kind of fortune teller or anything but i saw it a few years ago um a la carte is just way much better but i think streamers are starting to figure out like woof we got to figure out a way to make more money off of this stuff because we're offering a ton of content for one low price the wwe started the whole thing and not not enough people are giving them enough credit by basically starting their own network when it was not popular to do no one knew what it was hey 10 bucks a month you get our entire catalog and library which turns out it was a really good deal and now it's on peacock um dylan's been watching some old stuff recently Dylan, tell the folks what you've been doing so i started in 97 i just started watching old raws because i said why not i throw it on it's easy to watch throw it on the background kind of keep with the stories Shawn michaels is gone it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty impressive for like 10 bucks a month or even five bucks a month if you deal with commercials you can yeah. watch the entire library of the WWE, and they own a bunch of the old stuff from old territory. So I know this is a baseball show, but as far as streaming is concerned, um, I've recently changed a lot of my uh, phone plans and stuff like that. And the reason I have the phone plan I have is with T-Mobile is because I get the MLB package included every year. And it's specifically the only reason I've stayed with a more expensive plan was because I got that for free when I knew I could get a cheaper plan. Um, so I just recently changed it, but that's another story. But um, it's going to be interesting to see where people go, um, you know, two years from now. And I can see a lot of these streaming services combining forces. Uh, Max just did it with Showtime. Their plan is now one. Uh, Discovery um, as well as Merge. So I could definitely see like Disney obviously bought Hulu. So I could see a lot of these companies actually, even if they're not the same company, saying, hey, let's join forces. Let's charge instead of $9.99 a month, let's charge $19.99 a month. And you'll get, you know, these four services all combined. So essentially, you'd get what you got with cable, which is basically you'll pick a package. It'll be a little more expensive. It might be 20. It might be $29.99 a month but you'll get a group of block of packages and that's how you get your TV, you know, and then they can always charge a premium for sports. So I think the, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm correct about this, but I think the NFL is, I think it's 400 something bucks a month for the year for the, uh, the NFL package, which, you know, seems pricey, but the way the NFL is, it's to me, it just seems crazy. Like, you're going to get your local games, right? Dylan's in New York. He's going to get the Giants and Jets every week. He's also going to get the Sunday night game, and he's going to get the Monday night game for free. I mean, not for free. you got to have ESPN or now, I guess, Amazon Prime for the Thursday night game. So we have Spectrum up here, and that's a big okay. thing right now because yeah. Spectrum just dropped ESPN and Disney and all that stuff. Yes. So that's, that was a big thing that happened this year. But they just, I just saw certain company, the charter company who also was in conjunction with, with, had the same situation with them, made them sign a deal with, with Disney to get ESPN back and Disney channels, but they had to agree to give their customers Disney Plus for free as part of the deal. Hmm. So you might start to see that happen with cable companies where they say, okay, we'll continue to buy your channels on our cable package, but you have to give our subscribers their, your streaming stuff for free as well. So we're at a weird spot. We're definitely at a weird spot. Um, 
But I don't know. It just it always seemed crazy. Look, I'm a Giants fan living down in uh, Florida, so I have to figure out a way to get the Giants games because they haven't they haven't been good enough where they're going to get a ton of national games. So if I want to watch them play the Cardinals, they ain't showing that game anywhere unless you're streaming it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I figured out ways to stream it. And I've got a few. Let's just say, um, how do you say it, Dylan? Workarounds. Uh, unconventional ways, yes. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan visited me a while back and I had one workway. I've actually found, how do I call this? A legitimate pay service that's illegitimate. How's that? All right. So I pay six bucks a month and I get every channel on the planet earth you know no buffering no anything but you know it's it's not it's iptv but it's not uh, you know it's not exactly kosher so i go uh, <laughs> only i only go three months at a time because i don't know if that the guy's going to be a business three months from now because he could get shut down but um it is what it is so it's interesting stuff to talk about but that's not where we're here in the second half of the show people look forward to the second half of the show for two reasons one of them is what's bothering dylan and the other is to see dylan defend his trivia crown and we're gonna go to trivia first dylan what's the record again 11 and 5 on the year uh with we'll say officially two weeks to go in trivia because we will stop the trivia at least for competitive tracking purposes after the baseball season ends we might do it's about baseball baseball yeah yeah yeah. you know what we might do i might you know what i might keep the trivia going just for shits and giggles but it might be uh marvel trivia it might be wrestling trivia we might do some stuff like that but we got two more weeks, eleven to five. He's pretty much you've pretty much guaranteed yourself that you're going to have a nice record because even if you lose the next two years, you go eleven and seven. The next two weeks, I should say, mm. which is a pretty impressive range. But um, if you don't know how it works, this is what we do: we give Dylan a trivia question. He's got multiple choice to answer. We give him five questions. He's got to get three right to win the week. Uh, Dylan, the question is: Are you ready, sir? Yes. All right. So here we go, Dylan. Let's see. I'm going to start you off with a with a medium one. Here we go. All right, Dylan, are you ready? I'm ready. How many regular season MVP awards did Derek Jeter win during his career with the New York Yankees? So Mm. how many regular season MVP awards did Derek Jeter win during his career with the New York Yankees? Your options are one, two, three, or zero. How many regular season MVP awards did Derek Jeter win during his career as the Capitan, El Capitan of the New York Yankees? So I'm pretty sure it's zero. Okay. And the reason I know this is because people made a big stink about this. I feel like there was one year where he got robbed. I forget which year it was. But he I don't think he ever won once an MVP. He won the World Series MVP. Yes, he but did. But never an official do, regular do, do, season. Do, do you know what year that was? He won the World Series MVP. Uh, I want to say 90. He was the only player to Seven. win. He was the only player in 96 to win the 96. Rookie of the Year and the World Series MVP mm. in the same year. Still the only player to do that. But you are correct, sir. He has zero regular season MVPs. He wasn't really an MVP numbers kind of guy. He, he was a steady, solid player. He was never really the best offensive or defensive player at any year during his career. But he was great, just not the best. So Dylan, one for one. So starting off on a good foot. Let's see, maybe we'll get a little harder here for you. Okay. All right, here we go. This is a little twist on the question. Which team originally selected Garrett Cole in the 2008 draft, which he didn't end up signing with? Was it? A, the Pittsburgh Pirates, B, the Texas Rangers, 
C, the New York Yankees, or D, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So 2008, Garrett Cole was drafted, did not sign, did stayed in school, did not come out. Which team was the team that drafted in 2008? So I know this one too, because I remember when he first came back to the Yankees, the Yankees were like, oh, we signed him originally. So it was the Yankees. New York he Yankees. He elected to stay at, what was it, UCLA? I believe Something it was like a, some school in California, yes. All right, you're listen, you are on fire. Two, today. two in a row. Two for two. All right, I got to get it a little harder here for you. Let's see. All right, here we go. That's too easy. Sandy Koufax. <laughs> here we go. All right, I'll give you one here. Out of these four names, who hit the most home runs in their career? Out of these four names. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Sammy Sosa, Frank Robinson, Mark McGuire, or Rafael Palmeira? And I have the totals for each one, so I need the guy who hit the most out of those four names. Sammy Sosa, Frank Robinson, Mark McGuire, or Rafael Palmeira? So this is going to be a straight guess for you. So, yeah. So, like, I, I bet it's going to be some random guy, but... It's probably going to be Frank Robinson. Watch it be Frank Robinson. I don't know who he is, but I have to go with Mark McGuire, Mr. Steroid. All right. Mark McGuire, you are wrong, was third on that list. Sammy Sosa. Third. Sammy Sosa, 609 home runs. Oh. Second was Frank Robinson, 586. See? See? <laughs> Mark McGuire, 583, and Rafael Primera, 569. Mm. All close. Yes. All right. See, I wouldn't have picked Sammy Sosa because I, I don't know. I just all four of those guys are behind one particular person who has the all-time record. Do you know who that is, sir? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, six seventy-two, correct. With the little asterisk next to it. Yes, so sir. Are all those other guys, pretty much. Two of them. All right. The all right. So two right and one wrong, Dylan. Right. All right. Let's see. All right. Here we go. This is a 50-50. You should be able to get this one way or the other. And if you don't, you got a 50-50 guess here. Who finished their career with more total stolen bases? Barry Bonds or Ichiro Suzuki? Mm. And the number is 514 for the first place person and 509 for the second. So it was close. So who finished with more career stolen bases? Barry Bonds or Ichiro Suzuki? So here, here's my thinking on this. Yes. Ishiro was a better base stealer. Correct. But he also did not play that many seasons. Barry Bonds was around for a long time, yes. Barry Bonds was around forever. Barry Bonds was fast in his early years. Yeah, on the Pirates. He was a runner, yeah. He he was was a runner before before the 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 pumpkin head. (laughs) Absolutely. So that makes me want to pick Barry Bonds. I think I'm going to go with Barry Bonds. Dylan, you are correct. 514 stolen bases to Ichiro's 509. But it was very close. So, Dylan, you've won the week with three correct and one wrong. So, I'm going to give you a hard one here. Yeah, just give me a toss-up. Just, just to do that. Let's see. Um, Potpourri for Here we go. Um, all right. This is an interesting one, but one that would be a little tough to get for somebody like you. Which team won the most World Series titles in the 1970s? In the mm. 1970s. And I'll give you a choice. Was it the New York Yankees? Is it the Cincinnati Reds? The Pittsburgh Pirates or the Oakland Athletics? Who won the most World Series in the 1970s decade? This is tough. Yeah, so you got the Reds, the Pirates, the Yankees, or the A's? 
and all these old old fashioned teams here, the Pirates, the A's, Oh yeah, the old Reds. school. Those old school old school OG teams as we like to say. Who do you think uh, won the, the most in the seventies? If you ever watched the Ken Burns documentary, which I'm trying to get them to watch, it's an effort. They have a good they have a whole inning on the seventies and you would know right away who who, who was the dominant team in the seventies just by the team and uh, the, the some pirates of the, some of the antics and it was the actual athletics they won three uh, world series in the 70s uh the yankees the reds and the pirates all won two during that decade mm-hmm. so three and uh they were they were all about uh they had a real weird owner who was all about like uh he was the one who brought the neon green uniforms in he brought uh he paid all the players to get mustaches uh he tried to bring in like a yellow neon neon colored fingers yeah, he did like disco nights and stuff. He did all kinds of weird stuff. But Dylan, the more important thing, forget all that. So you have won yet another week of trivia. Moving your record to 12 and 5, sir. This is a mm-hmm. dominant, dominant record, sir. You could potentially finish this year in season at 13 and 5. That's just domination. That's good. I'm going to have to make next week super tough. We're going to have to give you some tough ones. Make you earn it. All right. As we, as, well, we got two more weeks, so we'll see. All right, so Dylan wins it trivia. The second part of the thing that everybody likes the second half of the show is the What's Bothering Dylan segment. So Dylan, All right. tell, tell the folks at home what's bothering you this week. Uh, so what's bothering me this week is lantern flies. Have you heard about them? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, I've heard so, about them. So they're an Asian bug. I guess they came over on a boat. But they said... The thing I read said they're here for a long time, like since 2014. Okay. So I guess all of a sudden they they made their way up here now. They started in Pennsylvania. Okay. Now they're just coming up, but it, it is. What is it about it? What, what, tell me why they're an inconvenience. What's going on with them? So they're an invasive species. So they just okay. kind of like reproduce like by the masses. Okay. And they're just kind of like everywhere. Like what do they look like? So they're they're actually pretty big. They're I want to say they're like moss. Okay. But they have like um they have a lot of legs. They Do they like, actually light up? Why are they called lantern? No. no? I, okay. I don't know. I don't know why. Hmm. The the top of their wings, which is what you see pretty much, are yeah. gray. Okay. The, but the bottom are like bright red and like spotted with black. They're, oh wow. It's a weird looking bug. Yeah. But, and do they like stick to the car and shit or uh, they're they kinda just they stick to trees, I guess. Gotcha. They, they they eat the sap from the trees. Gotcha. But um, they're all over the place. They're gross. They're dumb. They're like stink bugs. Like they kind of just like they can't like fly up. They kind of like fly down with their gotcha. wings because they're too gotcha. heavy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Top heavy. Yeah, and like if you you're supposed to kill them. Like New York State put out like a thing that says you're supposed to kill them if you see them because they're they're bad for the environment. So what are you supposed to do? Just stomp on them or spray them yeah. with poison or yeah? Yeah. Okay. Stomp them out. But like if you go to try to like step on them. Yeah. Instead of like flying away, they'll fly at you. Because uh, they're dumb, so they just fly in a direction. Yeah, they kind of gotcha. just like freak out. And gotcha. Then, and then they like stick to your clothes. Like it's hard to get them off hmm. once they're on, too. It's interesting with the color, too, that you'd be like, so you got, it's not like a traditional just all black bug. They got red in them, too. So you'd be like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's and, creepy. like bright red. It's like not like dull red. It's like bright red. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna look them up while you're talking here. What the hell they look like? So yeah, but, yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah. see that so, being like, convenient. They're at they're at my job because it's outside. And um, when I went to the city the past couple of times, I keep seeing them in the city, like all over the place on on the train platforms, on everything. So 
Oh, I see them here. They're kind of like a cross between like a beetle and a, and a moth. Yeah. Oh, and they got little, well, they're not, they're not ugly bugs. They're, they're actually decent looking as far as bugs, I guess you could say, but they're, I guess when they spread their legs, they look different than, when they spread their wings, they look different than, yeah. than a bug. But you're supposed to stomp them, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, listen, but I, can see I also got another update. Yes, please. Is it, is, it, is it a urinal update? The fans uh, love the urinal of, updates. Okay. Of. Okay. So yesterday I was I was browsing Instagram like I do. Usually okay. on the toilet. My sure. Sure. Um, and on my explore tab, I came across this this account here. Bathroom underscore interviewer. Okay. And the bio says rating bathrooms around the world. So they they just post different bathrooms, I guess, that they go to. Oh wait, wait, bathroom. What is it? I'm looking it up here. Bathroom, bathroom underscore interviewer. So I mean, the the first couple of things they have are like memes, but if you go down more, it shows just like bathrooms. And they they post pictures of them, and then they give them a rating. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. Yeah, go towards the bottom. And they give you yeah, different different bathrooms with just numbers, and they give you a little description of the yeah the bathroom, what floor it's on, and yeah, that's not, pretty cool. Not, a nice big bathroom with good amount of stalls and urinals. Urinals do not have dividing walls. Rating seven out of ten. I gotta say, I think they're kind of stealing our gimmick, though. To be honest with you, this was kind of well. I guess maybe we're stealing their gimmick. That's that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that just you know what that just shows me honestly is that social media can make anybody important or a star because i mean listen people listen to this stupid show why not follow a, i just followed him so why not follow why not follow a fucking guy rating urinals now see, he's got I can 32 32 000 followers already. i could i could see it being like productive as far as like i'm going to show you i'm going to tell you where clean bathrooms are that you could use like an app yeah which must exist it has to exist out there somewhere like bathroomfinder.com or something like where you're in a pinch and it can find if you're particular like and that that has like you know hey clean you know where people kind of like ways could put in like you know rate the bathroom that they're in like quickly open up your app and say instead yeah, of just, like yeah instead of like saying like pops are here you say exactly like, no toilet like, toilet yeah, paper, yeah exactly exactly if that doesn't exist dylan and then we don't we don't create that we're we're fools we are suckers because that would be a lifesaver to some people. Get me, look, I don't care. I'm from New York. There was a little more particular. I spent a lot of time in New York City, so I got no problem using a dirty, stinky bathroom with a homeless guy living in a stall next door. It is what it drugs is. Drugs next to I'm you. Just, I'm just used to it, so I got used to it. But I could see like people who aren't from the area or not used to that, like would walk into a certain bathroom and be like, "There's no way I'm even going into that bathroom. Like, there's shit on the walls. There's, you know." <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, you just keep going. Like you learn when you go to those bathrooms. Like I used to use the bathroom at the Port Authority bus terminal. Notorious. If you were a comedian doing a joke about a dirty bathroom, it would be one in India or it'd be in the Port Authority bus terminal in New York City. And I used it every day for years, for years before I went home because I was about to get on a bus that could potentially be stuck in traffic for hours. Yeah. So you went even if you didn't have to go just to go. You made sure you were running on empty. Otherwise. You could be in a bad situation stuck in the Holland or Lincoln Tunnel, you know, 
potentially doing a number two on yourself and you didn't want that so um yeah i'm that, sure that, that happened did. a couple of times well not to me thank goodness or p i was able to do it but there was some dicey situation there was times there was times that i had to get off of the bus four stops before i was supposed to get off and have somebody just come pick me up because i had to use the bathroom and i couldn't wait to get to my stop so um yeah so i could see that being i could see that being beneficial dylan giving us dropping some jewels so follow go ahead and follow we're dropping gonna, jewels we're gonna we're gonna support what is it it's bathroom underscore interviewer on instagram yeah. check it out it's well worth it i want to give another shout out to my buddy alan um in his podcast because he uh hit me up last night and said that in today's episode and i'm not just recommending it because he mentioned me in today's episode he told a story from back when we were younger this is a kid i grew up with in new york um he's doing his own show now with a young lady it's called i'm going to bring up the official thing here but i i told, i mentioned it once when he launched it a while ago it's about you know dating advice and being single um out there in the world uh, when you're getting a little bit older and you're in your 40s or 50s like you are um our age but uh, he told a story that I'm going to share real quick here. I wanted to share it for our guys here. It was something stupid. I mean, you guys probably won't get it. And it probably won't make any sense to anybody. But I was a DJ growing up. And Alon was kind of like my helper. Um, he called himself the roadie. He would basically, uh, we, when you DJed back in my day, kids, you used actual records. And uh, a big problem when you DJed uh, bars or clubs or parties was getting the records put back in the sleeve where they were supposed to go quickly because it was generally very dark. You were in a bar or something like that. You had a little lamp over your specific area and your records were usually behind you. So if you were DJing by yourself, you had to then take that record, turn completely around, try to put that record back in the jacket and put it away and pull out the next record, find the next record and pull it out. By the end of the night, your records were a mess. They were everywhere, just loose records out of the sleeves. It was crazy. So he was a good friend of mine anyway. So what we would do is he would stand behind me and he would kind of be the roadie where I could just reach back with the record I just took off, hand it to him. He would then take it, sleeve it, and then pull out my next record for me. Or even if I was going to pull out my new record, he would have a separate crate of records that I played and just kind of clean those up for me and go. He also would um, kind of run interference for me because the number one pet peeve that you'll have is being a DJ, at least back then, I don't know how it is now, is drunk people coming up trying to request songs yeah. so it's like ah, they come over and they try to grab you and they'll oh, play this or play reggae or play this or play r&b or play this specific song or a drunk girl's gonna come up and be like yeah it was awful <laughs> and yet back then it was a lot more difficult because the, the today i don't want to get into a whole dj rant but long story short his job was to kind of run interference he would talk to that person for me keep them away from the table so they didn't actually bump your table and make the record skip or unplug a wire or something and then he would say okay yeah, yeah yeah, i'll get that information to him and then he would communicate it to me and he would help you obviously set up equipment he usually had a truck so he would transport equipment for me he, he he's he's one of my best buds and um we called him a roadie. But anyway, he told the story is after we would finish a party, it would generally be very late. You know, you're talking three in the morning, four in the morning, sometimes later, uh, not much open to go get something to eat. So we would do one of two things. We'd go to White Castle, which anybody from up north knows what White Castle is. Uh, White Castle is uh, you go eat, you immediately go home because you might have issues about 20 yeah. minutes after you eat white yeah. castle delicious but it's going to go right through you the other option is we would do and if you're not from new york or new jersey you don't know what these are we'd go to a diner 
So you go to a diner. So we'd frequent a lot of diners. And this was at, I want to say this was at the Nanuet Diner, which I don't know if it's there anymore. Um, we sat down with a bunch of friends and we were all ordering our food. And uh, we were ordering all of our food. And when we were done before the waitress left, I, for some reason, said to the young lady, and let's get to order a round of fries for the table fries for the table like i was some kind of big gangster or something like that like yeah and and get fries for the table for everybody fries for the table and i don't know why it sounded so funny but for years it stuck with all my friends and whenever we'd go out and order something like that they'd be like yeah we're gonna order fries for the table so just a quick little fun little story he, he mentioned it i don't know what context he mentioned it because i haven't listened to the show i'm looking now it doesn't look like it has dropped on my feed yet so it's gonna drop today the podcast is uh technically called the drinks for two podcast so uh with jillian wolf and alan wiseman check it out if you're into that kind of stuff um it's some fun times and he's really good at it he's a he's an entertainer by trade uh he worked in radio for a little while he's uh and you know listen uh, without getting into my dj life too specifically and these are things we can talk about in the off-season editions but i was a um caucasian gentleman with my Caucasian friend DJing an all black and Hispanic parties, doing reggae, hip hop. Uh, we were definitely the odd bunch. We were the, definitely the only two Caucasian gentlemen, but maybe the exception of one other person in the entire place. So uh, it was good times, interesting times. So shout out to Alan and his podcast. So go listen if you if you if you're so inclined. Give it a give it a give it a check. All right. So we did our mailback question earlier. We're going to do our up and in. Uh, up and in is basically the opposite of a good question. It's basically people just giving a shit, but we like to share the good and the bad. It's fun. So it's fun. So Kevin from New Jersey says, since Tampa, since the Tampa Rays have gotten a new stadium, can you two guys move to Tropicana Field before it gets imploded? So not only the abortion of a stadium goes away, so will your show. Ah. So Kevin from New Jersey wants us to go move, I guess, right before they blow up the stadium, be inside the stadium when they implode it, which I don't even know if they're going to do. I would assume they are. But um, he wants us in there so that not only does the stadium go away, the abortion of the stadium, which I agree, deserves to go. But we go with it. And so does our show, Dylan. You know what, okay. Kevin, Kevin from New Jersey? I have kids. I have other kids. You know what? I could just, go. Just to spite you? No, just to spite <laughs> you. No, 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 no. I'll go. I'm older. It makes sense. So we, we go. But how do you how do you know we don't my kids don't carry on a tradition? I got little kids. Maybe my, my seven-year-old son, when I get imploded, brings it back just to spite you, Kevin. He brings back the Rip Corey Yanks podcast with him and, and Dylan's son when Dylan's has a kid. And they bring it back years later. And they just keep it going. Even after podcasts aren't even a thing. People and they like, still talk about urinals. That's right. And they discuss urinals and 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 peas splash mats and urinal <laughs> etiquette. Just to spite you, Kevin from New Jersey, you dick. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, that's the show for today. <laughs> We're gonna be back next week or a week and a half or whatever, um, with one final edition of the Rich Corey Yanks 2024 season. I guess, no, you know what? We're going to call the off-season editions 2024 as well, uh, just non-baseball related. And we'll let you know when that's going to happen. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll hit you up through, through the off-season. We're not going to disappoint you. We'll hit you up with, you know, a Halloween show, a Christmas show, a New Year's show. Um, and then in February, when we get right back down to business, and I'm a little bit more enthusiastic about the baseball season because I've had a few months to – 
to soak in and lick my chops and lick my wounds and get optimistic about baseball again, which I always do. I always come back to it. I always, I'm a sucker. It doesn't matter how many times I get kicked in the nuts. Come February 14th around Valentine's Day, I will be trekking my ass up to Tampa, watching a bunch of grown men stretch for two days and uh, optimistic about the season again. So Dylan, anything else to share with the folks this week? Hill Lantern Bugs. Hill Lantern Bugs. And on that note, I will say fries for the table. And we'll talk to you next week, guys. Thanks. guys you know i feel i feel a little more optimistic this week this is a uh, rich core yanks rich and doe season four episode 19 um i'm down here that one's up there uh not a ton of bad news this week in the baseball world so i'm a little more optimistic because i mean it couldn't get any worse but before we get started dylan how goes it sir how's how's the weather in new york it is a nice even 70 degrees mostly sunny Perfect. Uh, we, we begin some rain past couple days a little bit of rain a little bit of rain. rain we've been getting lucky down here usually this is when we're getting punched in the face with storms but they all seem to be blowing out to sea this year so while the yankee season is uh blowing out to sea with it so um we've probably been doing we're talking a little bit before we go live today that uh we probably got this week and then one more wrap-up episode for the baseball actual season but we both kind of agreed that we're going to do some episodes a couple of months uh just touch base with you guys get you something to listen to um Maybe we'll talk about, uh, we were talking about wrestling before, maybe we'll talk about comics, movies, whatever we whatever we decide to talk about, we'll shoot the shit. Um, and we'll and we'll play it by ear. You guys seem to like when we uh, get on the, uh, the uh, generic stuff anyway. So, um, all right, so this week we don't have audio from you because quite honestly, I was looking through the clips, there was absolutely nothing a nothing. Yankee said that was important this week. I mean nothing. Um, Aaron Judge said, oh, we're, we're still mathematically in it, oh, all this good stuff, and we got to play for pride, and uh, Yankee fans don't want to hear that, so I'm going to spare you guys that. But we do have a little bit of roster news. Jason Dominguez, as we record this, is having his surgery today. Um, so uh, on today's date is the 20th, 920. He is having his surgery today. Uh, recovery time still nine to 10 months. So we'll see. I mean, Yankee fans could take that optimistically. Bryce Harper came back pretty quick from a similar surgery. So take that for what it is. Um, the Yankees claimed Luke Weaver Luke Weaver off of waivers from Seattle. This was kind of like a week and a half ago. I only included this because I wanted to talk to Dylan about it. Um, this was the guy who was when he was with Seattle. Uh, got bombed and then the post-game presser basically blamed the manager and said uh, I don't know why I was still out there so yeah. they were and they DFA'd him the next day so and of course this season the Yankees signed him what the hell so um the other thing is Frankie Montos yes he's still technically a Yankee pitched one inning for Scranton um why is that important? I don't know. Maybe the Yankees are just doing him a solid because he is a free agent after the offseason. So maybe doing him a solid, just showing other teams that he can actually throw a ball. Maybe. I don't know. So I don't know if the Yankees are in for charity cases. Unless the Yankees, God forbid, were trying to re-sign him. You know, I'd love to see a guy like this or a guy like Severino who are in the offseason and have been hurt the whole time and given us absolutely nothing. Say, so, you know what, Yankees? Pay me dirt cheap. Let me come back for a year. I'll come back to your team, pitch for you, pay me the fucking league minimum this year. I'll prove to you I'm healthy. And then at the end of that, 
I'll get a free agent deal. I fucked you over. You know, Frankie Montos didn't really, he didn't sign the contract with us to be fair, he was traded, but he didn't really live up to his deal. So why, you know, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be refreshing Dylan if this guy said, pay me nothing, pay me the league minimum this year. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make 25 starts. I'm going to throw, I'm going to prove to you. And then you and everybody else can bid for me. I think that's fair. What do you think? Severino and, and uh, Montos should do that, right? And then when they don't meet the inning requirement, then it's like, all right, well, we didn't pay them. We tried. Because you know tried. it's not going to happen with these guys. I'm not I'm not saying give, give us a, a five-year deal for dirt cheap. I'm saying, look, give us a one-year deal. Look, we just you just made whatever it is. Severino just made, I think it was $11 million a year for four years. So you just made $50 million off of us. Come pitch for a million dollars, let's just say. Pitch for a million dollars this year with incentives. Sign for one year for a million dollars if you make... 20 starts that goes up to 5 million if you make 30 starts we'll pay you the 11 million we were paying you before you know production regardless just make the 30 starts yeah i think that would be fair but we both know that that's not gonna happen that would never happen i included that in the roster there was some other injury news and stuff like that but honestly guys doesn't really matter at this point who goes on the IL, whatever. It's all just bookkeeping at this part. So at this point, I should say. So um, I just thought that was interesting that the Yankees doing Montos a solid, getting him a, getting him a shot. But let's talk about some other news. Um, so here it is, Dylan. As of today, we're recording this on Wednesday. The Yankees have 11 games left. 11 games. They are 76 and 75 right now. And the question I have for you, Dylan, with games left against the Blue Jays, the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays again, and finish out the years against the Royals, will the Yankees finish at 500 or better? 11 games left. They're one game over 500. What do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that they finish exactly 500. That is my guess. And that would be possible with 11 games left. They could finish at exactly 500. Yes. Um, I don't know why, but this means something to me. I really would prefer them to finish above 500 for some, even if it's one game above 500 and have a winning season. To me, that just means something. Um, to as the Yankees, to finish under 500 just seems doesn't seem possible to me. Like it almost seems impossible if you would have told me that. Uh, I bet you the odds on that would have been staggering if you would have went in Vegas and plant, you know, just put 100 bucks on the Yankees to finish under 500. You'd be doing very well right now. But uh, I agree with you. I think they'll finish. I think I'm going to say a game above 500. The okay. Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are actually playing for something. Um, yeah. the, Di- the Diamondbacks, no, and the Royals are awful, so no. And the finishing out with the Royals, it, I, I got to think that if we're say five, if we're a game under 500 with three games left against the Royals, that we would win all three to get above, just because it's something to play for. But we'll see. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna answer a question now that I have Dylan. It's we usually do this at the end of the show as the mailback question, but the question is a topic that I wanted to get a little bit deeper in. So we're gonna read you the mailback question, and then at the end of the show we'll still end with the up and in. But and if you guys want to reach the show, it's richcoryanks at gmail.com. You guys know that. But uh, this question is from TJ from New York. He says, "What free agents do you think the Yankees will target in the off season to get them back in the playoff hunt next season?" And I wrote down. I I got a list of some of the top free agents that are available, and I wanted to kick it around a little bit. The number one, obviously, is going to be Shohei Otani, who was just announced. He had his surgery today as well, and they announced that he will be be available to hit next year, but he will not be able to pitch until the following season. So, he would be the number one free agent, obviously. Dylan, your chances of the Yankees signing a a DHing, I guess, right? Shohei Otani next year, and then being able to pitch. What do you think the odds the Yankees go out and get Otani? I think one could dream about it, but I think it's very slim that they're actually going to land it. I mean, I honestly, say, 
Yeah, go I'd say he's gonna go probably out west again, somewhere else. Maybe the Dodgers. Know, you know what the like thing that. is? If you sign him, you have nowhere to play him next year. Because if you DH him, what do you do with Stanton? Stanton can't play every day in the field. Yeah. And then you got Judge, and you got—I mean, you unless he's going to play the outfield, Otani next year, which I guess he could technically. But I would assume whatever team signs him is going to protect him from getting rehurt and just make him a DH for the year. But yeah, I agree. I don't think I listen. I've been on this show many times before, and I've said. I'm firmly against signing him. And this was before he got hurt. You can go back and listen in the archives, guys. I said the risk is too great that he's going to get hurt. And when he gets hurt, it's two star players that are out. And I'm not paying $60 million when one guy gets hurt, your, your best starting pitcher and your best offensive player out at the same time. I'm scared to death of injuries right now. I have become over the last three years just an injury feed. I just petrified of injuries. I just assume everyone's going to get hurt because of what's happened with the Yankees. Uh, I would not sign Otani. So let's move on. Cody Bellinger is probably the best offensive player available, outfielder. Uh, what do you think the Yankees' chances are of signing Cody Bellinger? Um, so looking at it, it looks nice. We need lefties, power-hitting lefty. You would benefit from the short porch. But then again, I think he's a right fielder, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's listed as an outfielder center fielder. So, yeah, so well, I mean, you got to remember, well, I mean, we don't have a center fielder right now. Eh, we currently don't, like, we don't have one on the roster because Dominguez earliest comeback. I mean, conservatively is after the all-star break. So opening day, we don't have a center fielder. He could technically play center field and then maybe slide over to left as the season progresses. If Dominguez comes back. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Dominguez. You know, nine months is, is is optimistic. You know, ten months is, you know, who knows? If there's a setback, you know, I'm going to do the exact math here. But what are your thoughts of Bellinger in general while you do the math here? Um, so the only thing that makes me nervous is that one year he had with the Dodgers where he was horrible. Like, him and Christian Yelich that year were horrible. But I do think it would be nice if he was on the team because his dad was, right? Nice, nice story. Yeah, he used to be a kid yeah. in the clubhouse. For the record, if he comes back in nine months, that puts it mid-June. If he comes back in ten months, that puts him right at the All-Star break at mid-July. At July. Um, so, if, you know, he's due, you know, sec full. you could get a full second half of the season, technically, of him coming back. Now, again, Harper came back and what? Had to move to first base yeah. because he couldn't play the outfield. So, I mean, I don't know. Can he play? Maybe Dominguez has to move to a corner spot when he comes back. But um, I agree. I mean, it's opt- I mean, listen, it sounds like a very Yankee thing to do. You know, left-hand hitting, guy who has some pop, outfielder we need. Now, listen, I'm just talking free agents here. I fully expect the Yankees to go out and make a trade for an outfielder. Um, so we're just talking free agents now because um, the mailbag question was TJ asked the question. So we're answering it. But um, the other one is uh, Matt Chapman, third baseman. Um what do you think, Don? You think he'd be a good fit for the Yankees? Um, he did have a great year. Yeah, he has had a great year this year. But I don't know. I kind of want younger kids. I want the younger kids to start playing the infield. Do you feel I know like he's a he's a great defender? He had a great yeah. offensive year this year, but we technically do not have a, a regular third baseman third on the roster baseman. besides dj dj you know super utility man we're calling him so technically with the exodus of mr donaldson we don't have a third baseman unless you consider the kid um oswald playing third yeah. base so his utility as well so. all right so yeah i mean he could fit 
That's a yeah. possibility. That's another thing I definitely see the Yankees doing. I actually see them, if I had to guess right now, I see them signing a third baseman, possibly Chapman, making a trade for an outfielder, not a Bellinger, even though it sounds a very Yankee thing to do. I see them making a trade for an outfielder that we're not really talking about. A little bit step down from Bellinger, kind of like a placeholder until... Um, but, I mean, the other interesting thing is they did call up uh, Esteban Florio to give him another look and put him on the 40-man roster. And they cannot send him down without giving up on him altogether again. So, interesting. Um, besides that, that's the only real position players. The rest of the top free agents are going to be pitchers. Um, and if you look at our rotation, again, I'm going to preface this, guys, by saying healthy on paper. Mm. On paper, this is not a strong need for us, starting rotation, if everybody comes back healthy. With Garrett Cole, with Rodon, with Herman back healthy, with a Clark Schmidt in the rotation. You saw they're, they're toying with the idea of maybe putting King in the rotation. Um, but here are the free agent pitchers, uh, top free agents. Blake Snell, um, Rodriguez, Giolito, Jordan Montgomery, and then the Japanese top Japanese player that's supposed to be posted. I'm going to mess his name up. Yoshinubu Yamamoto. Um, and the Yankees have been linked to him. He is the top Japanese pitcher coming out, expected to be posted this year. The Yankees have a ton of international spending money, a pool money. If you don't know how that works, it's basically a Japanese team has to make this player available for a posting fee. You have to pay the Japanese team X said fee just for the right to negotiate with that player. Doesn't mean a player has to sign with you. Um, each team gets a pool of money that they can use for these kind of transactions. They cannot go over it. Now you can pool all your international money together and make one big offer to a player, or you can break it apart and sign a bunch of other players, smaller players. Like you say you have, you know, $8 million or 10, let's just say 10 million to make it easy in international signing money. You could go sign 10 players at a million dollars a pop, or you could throw it all at one player for $10 million. The Yankees have been acquiring a ton of international money lately, and they have not been signing guys to international contracts. So they have the money to do it. Um, hey, you can bring Jordan Montgomery back. Bring him a homecoming back. Welcome I back. Mean, the only big reliever that I see in there that would be interesting would be... Um, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, yeah. I could see that being a possibility for the Yankees. He's one of those plug, just plug-and-place players that you bring in. Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring in, I, I don't have his name here, but the Yankee player that they, they brought in who got bunked in the head the other night. Oh, yeah. Did you see the highlight? He yeah. has a weird last name. Yeah. I don't even um, want to attempt to pronounce I, it. I didn't mention it because it, it seemed kind of like stupid, like I would be doing it just to talk about him getting hit in the head because he hasn't been on the team all year. It's one of these guys that were just getting up there to throw innings at this point. Um, but he is supposedly okay. Um, he went on the IL, but apparently he's okay and he's doing all right. It's not going to affect him. He's going to pitch again. So that's good. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, outside of trades, there's it's not a sexy offseason year besides Shohei, obviously. Um, listen, Yankees are going to miss the playoffs for the first time in a long time. I could see them going crazy overboard and maybe bring in Bellinger, Chapman, Hader, the Japanese pitcher. You know, maybe they bring maybe them. Maybe they're bring... like a 2009 again. Yeah, maybe, I saying? mean, yeah, maybe they bring them all in. You know, the year we bring, we just go crazy in reaction to not winning, and they bring everybody in just to keep everybody crazy going into next year. Um, well, I'm have okay you seen with it. The, the picture of yesterday's game. Like yes, the with, the, with the empty seats. Yeah, I did. They need to do something. I did, but you know what the problem is? It wasn't for a long enough time. 
So they'll have some shitty seats these last couple series where people have officially checked out, but still they're going to have the highest, they're high, one of the top three attendances for the year yeah. in, the, in the game. So Yankee fans, the Yankee owners don't give a shit about that. We, it needed to be a prolonged thing. It needed to be from like August on, August, September, the whole month to show people that they were you know, upset and it didn't happen that way, but it is what it is. I, I tend to think that they're going to make a trade somehow. Um, the farm system's not super deep, but um, I could see them doing what they did with Volpe this year and really just go with the youth movement, like you said, bring up any kid, you know, our top pitching prospect and throw him into the fifth spot in the rotation, uh, bring up Oswald as a, as a backup, put DJ to start th uh, third base, and then bring the other Oz kid up to be the utility guy. Um, but they have to get an outfielder, if not two. It's absolutely a necessity. We can't go into the season with a missing outfield spot. You have to fill the outfield spots now and assume that the Martian's not coming back. And if he does, just deal with the extra thing then because you know you're going to have injuries anyway. So I don't know. All right. Well, last thing I want to talk about as far as topics was the Tampa Rays have gotten a new stadium, Dylan. Yes, I saw. 2028, they are going to get a state-of-the-art, now non-retractable roof. It is a fixed place roof, so they're not getting a retractable roof. They're getting another solid roof, which would still make them the only team to have a non-retractable roof to never play outside, which I thought was interesting. Not really sure why they're going that route. Maybe it's cheaper than a retractable because apparently it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. you know, Florida, you know how Florida is. You want to sit outside? Yeah, but, yeah, but what's the what's I mean, the, the four or five months of the year when it is comfortable outside, why would you shoot yourself in the foot and not be able to open the roof? Like, you think you'd be able to attract different types of things, concerts, different types of things. Now, listen, Tropicana Field's a dump. WWE just announced they're going to have the Royal Rumble there next year. That's um, nuts. It's, yeah, it's 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 going to be crazy. Uh, I might even go to that just because I kind of want to see what it looks like inside, see if they can actually like put lipstick on a pig and make that work. But uh, the new stadium looks gorgeous. Of course, it's just artist rendering. They're going to redo the whole area. They're leaving it right where that one is. They're, they're building it right next to the existing one. If you've never been fans to um, Tropicana Field, you're not missing anything. But I will tell you, it's not in Tampa. It's in the city of St. Petersburg, far away, across a bridge from Tampa. So it's nowhere near Tampa. Um, and it's right on the water on the Tampa Bay Gulf, but on the St. Petersburg side. So it has the potential to be a real pretty area, especially if the they build up the surrounding area like it looks like they're going to like with museums and restaurants and stuff like that i think it would be a good idea listen the rays deserve it the rays have been a competitive team for a long time and had to play in this dump um and they deserve a new stadium and i'm happy that they're actually staying to believe it or not i wanted to see them go to montreal i thought that concept of splitting time between tampa and montreal was a fantastic idea calling them the montreal x-rays i thought was fantastic um, I thought you would have sold out every game in Montreal and then you would have had the chance of selling more tickets because there was 40 less home games down here. Um, the problem that the fear that I have in talking to people locally down here is I'm not convinced that they'll sell out games down here, even with a new stadium. No, I just don't think there's a fan base for it in St. Petersburg. I'm sorry. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's not it's not a big market. And they have shown that they've had good teams and they don't sell out with good teams now. Um, so they're going to have to do a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of other stuff to fill up that stadium. So we'll see. I think it's a good idea. I, I thought they should change the name of the team as well, like do a complete rebranding. This is 2028. I don't know if I mentioned that when they'll be able to do that. They're, they have, they're under a lease contract till 2027 with Tropicana Field. They cannot leave. So 
I thought it would be a good idea to just change the name and do everything. But what this also does, Dylan, is Major League Baseball has said they are not going to do any expansion in baseball until the, the Rays situation and the Oakland A's situation is taken care of. Well, Las Vegas is, is set for them, for the A's. Tampa is going to stay in Tampa. They're set for them. So now we can start talking about expansion cities. And the name I keep hearing is Nashville. Yeah. I keep hearing Nashville as a big expansion team, but they're not going to expand by one team. They're going to expand by two. So, I mean, that'll be fun for baseball. I'm, I'm all for, I'm a guy, I'm a sucker for uniforms and logos and mascots and stadiums and stuff. So I'm just excited that you could get more, um, more teams in the mix, more logos out there. So Nashville, wherever it is, I'd love to see him go back to Montreal. I think that would be a great story to get a second team, a National League team back in, in National League, and then just bring those Expos uniforms back. You don't have to do a thing. Just move them back to Montreal and just bring the Expos back, man. So I you're think saying, it would, I think it'd be you're a saying to move them to the National League East is what you're saying? I don't know if you'd have to realign the divisions or not. I know that's where they used to be. You might have to move them to the National League West or somewhere out there just because. I mean, it makes more sense. And believe it or not, geographically, if you look at a map, not like it matters because they're flying anyway. Mm -hmm. But it would make more sense for Montreal to be in the National League West, if anything, um, or National League Central, not the East. But yeah, I don't care. I just think you would have Toronto in the American League and one team. If you're going to go international, you'd have one American, one National League team. I've heard Mexico City talked about. I don't think that Major League Baseball no. is going to put a team in Mexico as hot as they are for Latin America. And I just think you're going to see a lot of those. They're going to keep doing the stupid, we go there and play three games, you know, mm -hmm. sell out the games. But um, obviously, London's not an option. Baseball's just not hot enough anywhere else. Look, they're dying for it in Canada. They're dying. Montreal would go crazy for it. And you could bring back the actual Expos. I just think it's a win-win for everybody. But we'll see. Hopefully in the next year or so, they'll start talking about that. So I think it's a, I think it'd be a fun story. But So, so, so while you were talking, I just yeah. want to say, I looked up uh, Yankee tickets tonight. Mm -hmm. They start at $7. Where? Right. Does it say where? The, the top the top yeah, row is yeah, all yeah. seven dollars yeah. but behind behind home plate like mm -hmm. directly behind home plate like not like the legend seats but the right. ones behind them right right okay 98 dollars i mean no it's not at all under 100 bucks you can sit in a really good seat non-legend the best non-legend seats in the house essentially for yeah. under 100 bucks yeah it's bad i mean i would imagine that royal series is going to be real bad too but i mean it's been a long time since they've been in this situation you know, the promo days are over. Um, you know what they should do if the Yankees had any balls? They give away free tickets for the last couple of series. Just pack the place with free tickets. Go to, go to the local YMCA's, go to schools, go to oh, schools out of session, I guess. No, school's back, right? Yeah, no, school's back. Yeah. School's back and just give away tons of tickets, man. You well, know, I keep seeing they're doing like offers for um, college students, for right. veterans, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. You know, but listen, they haven't been. I've seen commercials for next year's season tickets already. You know, yeah. season games tickets. So they're still selling for next year. So they don't they don't have any shame. That's for sure. I mean, listen, it's a business. What are you going to do? You're not going to close up shop here in New York Yankees. So it is what it is. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, TJ, I think we answered that question very efficiently and very thoroughly. So, um, We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's up. It's a crapshoot. I do expect them to move quickly. I don't think it's going to be a thing where we're going to have to wait. I could see them moving very quickly in the offseason and signing guys right away. Um, but again, I think most of their moves are going to be made by trades, but we shall see. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Very quick break because we do have trivia to get to. We have um, 
the, the up and in segment. We got what's bothering Dylan. We got some other stuff to get to uh, that I think is important. And the up and in is uh, pretty relative to what we've been talking about. So, guys, stick with us. Don't go anywhere. We take like it's gonna be it's gonna be literally seconds, and we'll be right back. So, and since we don't have commercials, you have no excuse not to go anywhere. So, all right, we'll be back in just a sec. season you'll be sent back to the miners or given your outright release well then I guess there's only one thing left to do what's that win the whole fucking take 32 more victories to win this thing. Every time we win, we peel a section 